0: Hey, this is Ashley Mayfield with Created to Connect, and today we're going to actually kind of review the last eight weeks of suffering. We've got several women from our study here together, and we're just going to share probably some personal stories and just reflect back on the last eight weeks and kind of talk about what we've learned and what stood out and, you know, any revelations or personal stories that we might want to share. So um, thank y'all for joining us and and listening in. All right, y'all. Well, thank y'all
1: so much for being here. This has been a ride, hasn't it? We've gone through eight weeks of this, and I know that last week um, I'm thinking a good idea is just maybe... Starting, I have week one, and we'll just touch on a few points and kind of work our way through. Yeah. And then we can finish up with week eight. Does that sound good to everyone?
2: Yep. Yes.
1: We all, when we started back um, suffering week one, we talked a lot about what the suffering looks like in our world. um, What the world teaches us about suffering. We looked at a couple of scriptures. um, And one of my favorites was James 1, 2 through 4. And if we want to just review that. And just if anybody has anything they can remember from that study that stood out to them, it's going to be our considerate pure. Yeah, verse 1 2 through 4.
0: Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I can tell you that I I feel like I've just, um, I have a new perspective on suffering, and I feel like a lot of people have come to me, uh, family members and other people, with struggles and things that they're going through, and I just keep going back to this that we, you know, what we've been learning, and just that it does develop our character. And I think my favorite part of that verse is that. We may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And that's the goal as Christians is to become more like Christ, not lacking anything. So part of what we have to do in order to become more like him is to suffer. And so I think my perspective of rejoicing or finding joy in suffering is knowing what's coming on the other end. So it's it's less about just, you know, dwelling on the suffering and just feeling sorry for myself and and asking the lord to take that away instead you know i'm looking at you know what what is it that you're going to give me um and i've tried to relay that to those family members of people that have started to go through things themselves
1: and then we also looked at romans 5 3 through 5 was one of the verses and it says and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, and our suffering, or tribulations, knowing that suffering works patience. or That means to produce patience. And patience produces experience, and experience produces hope. So we talk about, there's three attributes that we look at when we suffer. We're, we're learning patience, character, and hope, right? I loved when we talked about patience. Do y'all recall any of that when we discussed, like, um what it means to be patient mm-hmm. and what that looks like and what it means to be joyful when he says to glory in our tribulations and to consider it joy how can we do that
2: I think one of the main things that I got from the study was a perspective shift shifting my eyes either off of the situation on and onto the Lord or just on to others what are they going through Um, but definitely on and which we touch on later is heaven Mm -hmm. and just the treasures and the things that we're actually working for not earthly treasures but Mm -hmm. our treasures in heaven so for me to, to suffer, to be patient, is to shift from like, oh, why is this happening to me? It's so horrible. To um, look into the Lord. How is he using this
0: for his kingdom? I, I wanted to just share something from this um, devotion that I just got. It's called We Shall See God. And it's it's Charles Spurgeon's sermons, but then it's about heaven. And then Randy Alcorn commentates on the, on the sermon. Um, but he says in talking about heaven, The master is gathering the ripest of his fruit, and well does he deserve them. His own dear hand is putting his apples of gold into his baskets of silver, and as we see it, that is the Lord. We are bewildered no longer. And I just, my dad passed away in October, for those of y'all that don't know, and I just thought, what a treasure to be considered, like, an apple of gold, and like, you're the ripest fruit, and he's like, all right, you're ready, you're coming with me, you know, what an honor, I mean, um, so anyway, I I do, I think it's, it's, I like your point on the perspective shift, and. And what we're working for. I mean, I think when we get to heaven, we've got jobs. I don't know if y'all know that or not, but like we're going to build buildings and and tend vineyards and, and do all kinds of things. And so we are preparing here for what we're going to do there, which is really going to be earth, a new heaven and a new earth. So this, there are things that we see here, we'll see there, um, you know, once he... he brings heaven down to meet the new earth um so i think we're just preparing for our homecoming and what we're going to do there and that's exciting to me um and also i think thinking about you can't the best things that you get in life you have to work hard for wouldn't y'all agree absolutely i mean so to get the glory of the lord you gotta suffer you don't just he doesn't just drop it down out of the sky into your lap so it's worth it, whatever we got to do to get that glory. So worth it. Yeah.
1: Hey, <coughs> oh, chicken salad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for those. Who we're just looking over the delicious chicken salad that just got dropped in front of us. So. We all, in week two, that was probably my favorite because we sat around and we talked about um, how joy can also be intertwined or interchangeably used in the Bible with endurance. And perseverance remember yes, this that one yeah. so and good. it was really awesome because we talked about that was you rachel and angela that was <laughs> that was rachel and angela we talked about um an athlete and angela is yes, a runner yes. and how when she prepares oh, so the good. way we prepare um for an event for you know whatever we running or an athletic event or even if it's labor i mean it doesn't matter there's a million things that we do that, we ca- that are important to us that we train ourselves for that we discipline ourselves to do certain things knowing the outcome that's coming how does that remember how we talked about how that plays into th- that patience that we have in trials it's not a weak quiet patience it's an active patience it's a patience where we discipline ourselves and we say okay I'm in training right now okay God is allowing me to go through this and I've got to b- buck up and do what I have to do to run my course here, mm-hmm. because there is a purpose in this. I'm not just sitting back and, okay, God, whenever He's no, He wants us to to keep our eyes fixed on Him, to run the race that's set before us with our eyes on Him, and to cast off everything that's distracting us, and and to do that in in obedience and and submission to Him. And I just felt like Rachel talked about it too. We talked about this so much that these trials, it says they test our faith. Mm-hmm. Remember when we talked about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. What you talked about, Rach? It's all a blur. It's
2: all a blur. Yeah. I, I like gold.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> Can I say something really quick? Say this hit me in the car today. I was thinking about, okay, so we've been going over this study, and I've been talking a lot about the things that I've been through. In this past week and a half, I've had a really weird setback. That um, It's hard for me to not, not cry. I've been talking about it. Um, a lot of thoughts and feelings coming up from what I went through three years ago that I'm talking about all the time, you know, like it's the past and it's been like very present for me this last week and a half. And I'm like, I had to do this stuff. Like I had to live what we've been learning in this study. And like all week, y'all, I've just had this patience where I'm like, God, you're training me. Like I know, like you're you're doing this to get me to a better point. Like, and, and I came out of it so quick because I just surrendered to it. in in a way that I was never able to before. And one last thing I remember to riding in the car, I was thinking about training and train. I remember when I was in that bad season three years ago, we were, me and Becca were practicing hearing words from God. And so i sat in the kitchen and I said, I'm not moving God until I hear a word from you pop into my head. Well, the word was train except I was just number one. My brain was just okay. All over the place. I didn't know what the heck he meant. And there was a train station next to where this therapist that I was going to to do EMDR (laughs) trauma therapy, I went and sat at the train station the next day for an hour, and I'm like, I don't know when it hit me, it was months and months, maybe a year later, I'm like, oh... You were saying, I'm training you. Like, that's what that was. Not a train. Like, I sat on a train for an hour and a half with my kids in the sun. And you're like, What are we doing here? I'm like, We're waiting for someone to show up and give us a word. <laughs> you said train. I'm like, Wow, I could have thought of that.
0: Something a little more practical
2: than an actual
1: locomotive. Um, but anyway, it's just funny because now God's making it all make sense, and it's like, okay, Rachel, like all these little things—not little. That was big, but this last one was little. But it was a reminder. Number one, don't stop the, don't stop the training that I've taught you to do for yourself. Staying close to me because I've slipped out a little bit. I haven't been here lately. I've been distracted. Stay in your training too to stay close to me because that's where my mental health stays good is when I'm spending time in his presence and when I'm doing the things that we're talking about here but it it was also part of me surrendering to the training that he was doing look you're not fully there yet there's areas you still need to work on don't forget you know where you were and what got you there and and I want to I want to keep you out of that place. You know, like he wants me restored. I know that. So it's just been the word terrain. That's what, so when you read that, I'm like, All right. if there's that study, that's what it's done for me. I had to live this study the last week and a half and a, a week and a half when you're miserable, is pretty freaking long. I'm just saying. So I'm just thankful for this study because I had, I needed this in my bones before yeah. <laughs> this little thing. I don't know how much longer I would have stayed in it.
0: Well, I think it's to good to hear it before, too, before you get to the suffering. Exactly. So, like you said, you know, so when it does That's come, true. you're ready. I mean, because yes. I think one of y'all said, I don't yeah, know, you have talked about say? that. Just storing, like, learning these yeah. and storing up the treasures. <clears> <it>
2: because <clears throat> I hadn't been suffering when we're when we were studying suffering, so... Then I was like, well, maybe the Lord's preparing me for some suffering. Like, yeah, I hate that thought, but it's sometimes. But it, it happened
1: happen to me. But it's like, but then we have thing, the tools. It's interesting, right? You forget how hard suffering is when you're not. When you're just talking about, and it's still hard to talk about when you're looking back. There's still a lot of stuff that comes up. But man, when you're in it, it gets real.
0: Yeah.
1: You yeah. know, and it's like, but you've got I, something this is a lifeline. This you've isn't just something I'm talking about. This is now a lifeline. Like I was like. <gasps> You know it's tangible and i loved in this one i think we talked about it several times but now why not do it now is when we talked about we uh, hebrews 12 and we talked about um since we've been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us run the race that is set before us um, laying aside everything every sin and every weight that so easily besets us with keeping our eyes fixed on jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured death on a cross. Um, when we talked about that we, we got into that um, I have to say for me that is by far the most uh, valuable lesson that I learned from this it has rocked my world y'all um, I think about what he endured from the in Gethsemane being on his knees in the dirt sweating blood asking God is there any other way that I can do this but your will be done and not mine and I think about him being in the dirt and his just pouring blood, anxious, his friends have passed out on him, they're not praying. He knows he's about to suffer a brutal physical, mental, and spiritual death for us, and then he endures all of the beating and the the just mocking he, he's being not only is he being physically assaulted, he's being mentally assaulted by verbally abused, everything that he went through the nails in his hands, the suffocation on the cross, the humiliation of being stripped bare, hanging before people that are literally making fun of you when you know you're God and he didn't open his mouth. Y'all, when I'm, all of this stuff that I've gone through with my hand and just everything else, it has totally changed me. I'm like, you actually went through all of that for me. I can do this. I can do this. Like, when I cut my hand, and I remember I was sitting on the toilet. <laughs> and I was sitting there, I was like, I hey, hate my life. My hand's bleeding. I sit sitting in the emergency room for four hours, and I literally remember. I, he said to me, I think I told you this. This this is what my, my, my back and my chest look like. Oh, my God. Because you think about him being whipped with the glass, the cat of night, whatever, you know what I'm talking uh, about? Nine tails. Nine, nine tails. And it was glass that was ripping mm-hmm. his flesh off um, to the bone. And and I'm sitting here complaining about my hand and here he was going through this entire without numbing the pain without backing out without opening his mouth. He never yelled. He never got mad at anyone. He kept his mouth completely shut He did not he didn't complain and he did that for me and and for me when we can fix our eyes on him and we can and we sit there and we contemplate Everything that he suffered from us, from that very moment of be- in Gethsemane, knowing the anxiety that he felt, is n- we'll never feel that kind of anxiety, y'all. Never, we'll never feel anything like it. And I truly, when I feel anxious, I imagine myself getting in the dirt with him,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm literally I'm there with him. I'm like I'm here with you. It changes everything for me. Like I, I don't know how to even verbalize it. I'm I'm not the same person now that I have actually applied this to my heart, and. This is that is by far, I think, my biggest takeaway from this. I I will not suffer the same for the rest of my life because of that. I know I won't. It's altered. It has humbled me. Mm -hmm. I've been. I feel like it has stripped me and humbled me. To see what he went through that he didn't have to do, but he did it for me.
0: Well, I think that was one of the things we talked about too. Was just changing your focus off of your current suffering and taking yourself out of it mentally and and thinking about not only the Lord and what he did but other people Um, you know I I know Larkin talked about um, a friend of ours that has um, cancer and her husband has cancer and um, it's just it's been awful and just to think about helping other people um, also takes your mind off of that suffering instead of just you know poor pitiful me and um, I think that's just another like tool to use to to get your mind off of the suffering. Because the enemy wants you to just wallow in it and feel like it's never going to end. And, and the word says that that it won't last forever. Right. Um, I did want to read, just tacking on to your Hebrews um, verse. Um, and it's 12, 10. Um... Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. That just blows your mind. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it.
1: There is. It doesn't
0: feel good, right? But it's produ- what it's producing. It's worth it. But you can't do the work he set before you without the training. Just like Samantha, you can't be a nurse, you know, without the training. You can't. You can't. How be am I going to help people as a
1: therapist with anxiety if I'm still getting triggered, and having an- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if I don't work through those things myself, I'm not saying I'm never going to have anxiety, but yeah, he's, he's healthy. He's completing the stuff in us. Because i got to fulfill my purpose. Right. That's, 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 that's going to be our purpose. Right. right. That's, that's pretty exciting. Cool. So you find where your struggle mm. is, and that's probably where your purpose is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, in the week three, we talked about refinement. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Being refined. Everyone likes that, right? Which means to what? What was, what was refinement? Y'all remember that? What does it make, mean to refine it? Make pure. Right. To purify it, right? To strip away mm-hmm. all the impurities, all the unwanted elements, to improve it. And to also free it, to free it from impurities. And I just thought that was a great week. And we talked about, um, there's a reason, as he said, that we've been grieved by various trials. And it says that the genuineness, for the genuineness of your faith. Y'all remember when we talked about that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, the authenticity, the sincerity, not a counterfeit faith. Remember we talked about that? How does suffering make our faith more authentic. And did anybody have anything that week that stood out to them with the refinement when you think back?
2: I just remember thinking, how can you know you have faith if it's never tested? Right. Like, you can walk around all day long and say, oh, I believe in the Lord. Like, I know He's going to take care of me, and then something terrible happens. Are you going to run to Him and trust Him, or are you doing nine different things to get out of it and griping the whole time and then... You know, you don't know what your faith is until you've been tested. And absolutely. So, that was my. wanting
1: th- Is that when I had my <clears throat>
2: awesome Louis Vuitton?
1: Yeah, that <laughs> was your awesome movie. Oh, yeah. I'm kidding. It was um, <laughs> It's It sounded <a> really deep <laughs> then. <this. It's> so <laughs> sick. <silly. laughs> but the point is, we want an authentic faith. And you have to hold up. More. It holds up. Costs yeah. it, it costs more. I remember it costs yeah. more. I remember. It costs yeah. more. Oh, it yes. more. Yeah. But it holds up yeah. during the
2: heart attack. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't fall good.
1: apart when you put too much heavy stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: See, right. right. see, that was good See? Treasures. 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 Yeah. Did
1: anybody notice, um, vulnerable moment, anybody want to share? Through this, this, pop, this study, has anybody seen any impurities that God has been burning off of you? Where do
2: I start? <laughs> it's like, I feel like once I get one cleaned off, then another one like pops up. It's so whack a mole. Yes. <laughs> but has anybody, has anybody
1: seen any refinement in their lives since we started this? Like, is there anything that you came in with that you feel like God has been working on through this?
2: I mean, I feel like when I'm anxious about something, I'm, I'm trying to start slowing down, having my quiet time, mm. you know. Visualizing Jesus, like, oh, you, <laughs> you know, know, it helps so much. It does, doesn't
1: it? And that is a—that's a discipline, y'all. That's not
2: just—it
1: sounds easy. Say, oh, okay, I just go do that. But y'all know, every day you wake up, the enemy will do whatever he can to pull you away from that, to tell you that you have way too much stuff to do. But when the truth is, it's the key to your peace, right? Yes, absolutely. Like, there's no you avoiding that. It's just it, it's, there's nothing more important. Let me just leave it there. There's nothing more important because it sets the tone for the rest of your day. I'm proud of you, Sam. That's awesome. I'm just glad to here that it gives okay. you peace because it really does work. It does. And it really is a discipline. You are it's not training
2: big, your brain.
1: You are.
0: And your nervous mm-hmm. system.
1: To be dependent on God and not self and, I, and rest. I
0: can say that I, you know, I remember sitting out here. I think I was with Angela and Amy, and I was just... was aggravated with my husband and I I, we were talking about Paul and his thorn and I was like well that's my thorn he's my thorn you know but but and then then I felt real convicted about that later because I thought well that's not nice but then I thought you know what it is because it's in a good way because um John Eldridge was just saying in his book love and war which that's a whole Maybe. other story. We're freaking amazing. Um, but he talks about how your spouse, um, God uses your spouse to make you into the person that he wants you to be. And I mm. had never looked at it like that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh. It burns. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like looking into
1: your spouse. It's like looking into a mirror and seeing it shows you all That's of a, your flaws. Oh my it God. brings out you see all of his. He sees all of yours.
0: And what what are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna help? Yeah, I mean, but but I latched onto head. that like I love you because, well, because I love you, but also because you're making me a better person. Even and it's hard, and I just found myself like, you know, initially I was just griping and kind of just not nice sometimes, and then, but I'm training myself to to respond differently to situations that. You know, you go through the same things right. over and over. Same you dance. have the same <laughs> arguments or you know whatever it is. And so I feel like those are some impurities for me that the Lord has just he's putting me through the fire with with our spouses. And if you say it's easy then you're, you're lying. lying. Or you've already been through the fire and you've come out on the other side. But you've so, got to go through some more. Yeah. With your <laughs> with your spouse.
1: Man. It's all
0: right. <gasps> <laughs> Save the notes.
1: <laughs> um, is that the water? That it looks, down there? looks the like art The dog knocked water
0: I'm over. Should, way to go, Rachel. You
1: done actually. It's kind of beautiful. It is you quite done beautiful. done it now. Done <laughs> <laughs> done. Uh, by the way, you need. I'm going to make read, the most of this stuff. For anybody <laughs> who's listening and wants to know more about marriage and like what that looks like. And I know John, I don't know exactly what John Eldridge or what book you're reading. It's but, amazing. But the me- the meeting of marriage. Uh, Tim Keller. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, he'll tell you all about what marriage is supposed yeah. to be like. Mm-hmm. It's like all about what yeah. you're saying yeah. too. Yeah. Well, since we'll speaking, oh, go ahead.
0: Which book?
1: Are you talking about? Love and War. It's so good. We're actually talking. So yeah. Anyways, let's we'll, well talk about that weird. afterwards. We're almost wondering if we should do a couple study type thing on this because it's really that good. But that leaves me talking about marriage. Let's just jump right into humility. <laughs> <laughs> Suffering humbles us. Anybody remember anything about that When We talked about Paul's thorn, right? And what? Let's just let's brief on that, y'all. Somebody, what was Paul's? What did Paul say about his thorn? What did Paul pray for? For God to remove it yeah. three times, and he said, "No, my grace is sufficient for you." For my this is to about, for you to remember. Yes. So that well, I can't remember all that. His power is made perfect in our weakness. Right, and we've yes. focused a little bit on the fact that. Paul had a lot of reasons to be conceited. just happened
0: to be on it. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Mm
1: -hmm. That's so true. Can I just say that I've seen, I got to witness to someone this past week and pray the salvation prayer with them because we are both on a floor, crying together, or being in a bad place, y'all, I would have never, probably even stopped long enough to go to that place with this person if I had not been in weakness and God was so, I was so focused on God in that moment. Did you know what I'm like? I, I told my mom, I'm like, I understand that when I'm weak. That's when I'm my best. Yeah. That's when you can. Well, that's when true. God works through me. I'm grateful oh, for that. True. Like that is so humbling. Like when I'm my worst, I'm my best because He I, He can actually work through me. I get out of my way. Yeah. True. There's no because it humbles me. There's no pride left. He's I'm desperate for Him, and He's using me. Mm-hmm. And like I saw, me do something, and I didn't I didn't do anything, but I He used me as a vessel when normally. In that moment, I would have been focused on something. I would have never stopped. I would have never slowed down enough for that opportunity to happen at that time. So I just—I yeah. don't know. That's—I I feel like I've just seen that so real in my life in the past two weeks. Yeah,
0: because awesome. yeah, you're closest to him when you're your weakest. That's yeah. True. So and you're thinking about him all the time, and he's just in right. your mind. Nothing 20, else matters. Uh, devotions today to still catching up with. Us. Still catching up with us. Sorry, and we all have that thing. We all have oh, a thorn. We're ghosting, or I'm what is it? Bombarding y'all. Um. <laughs> Wait, what? I said I'm either ghosting y'all or I'm just completely bombarding you with a million um, devotions. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. Got out on
1: our text. We're like eighty to eighty uh pictures in a row. <laughs> this is what I got today, <laughs> and then some days it's like crickets and then it's like <laughs> I'm sorry I'm a constant ghost because I have like eight group messages going on so <laughs> now I'm like, I'll catch you up in a minute. It's two days later. Like, oh. Well, I loved that week. I thought it was awesome just to talk about um, humility and how God honestly he leaves thorns in our lives. We all have a thorn. It might be a person, it might be a physical ailment, it might be a mental Health element. We don't know what it is. But whatever it is, God leaves those things to humble us, to keep us dependent on him, and to remind us that it ain't about you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's his power. Everything we do is in him and through him, for him, and by him. And it's not of ourselves. And I think he, Paul had the thorn to keep him from, he said, to keep me from being humble. conceited. Yeah. To keep me humble. Because mm-hmm. being prideful will ruin your calling. The minute we think it's about us, we have completely destroyed our calling. Um, and then we're no longer effective and all we see is us and God, he will do whatever it takes to keep you dependent on him. And yes, he is doing that to me right now. And honestly, it's, it's a sweet spot. I love Mm -hmm. it. So our week five was another fun one, man, this study was probably depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Suffering as discipline. And let's just recap y'all. We talked about discipline. A lot of us view discipline depending on your childhood. That could be a harsh thing. But what is the meaning of discipline? What is the true definition, a biblical definition of discipline? You remember? To Basically, guide. To guide teaching. And, and
0: teaching.
1: Teach. teach,
0: To disciple. Yeah, to
1: disciple. Remember? Right. So he's discipling us. And so why are we not to, it says, my son, don't despise the disciplining of the Lord. Why? What is the, what is discipline proof of? He loves us. Yes. That's, yeah. that's just like we if we love our kids... We're going to discipline our kids. It's out of love, or it should be. And if it's not, you shouldn't be doing it. All right. So let's just talk about that for a second. That was kind of the main focus. We, our kids. Okay. Raise your hand if you discipline your kid. Hopefully, you all always here. Yeah. Okay. And by discipline, I don't mean beating them with a stick. That's not what I'm
0: talking about. <laughs> I know. Anybody that beats kids stick on that.
1: But on a real note, we all discipline our kids. We we teach them. We guide them. We have to be firm right why do we do that
0: because we love them
1: we want them to be their best adults who can we want to mature them to be functioning people who can be in this world and not be a jerk and everybody hate them
2: yeah
1: and we want them to love themselves like we just want them to be we want to mature them that's the goal parenting maturity Yeah. yeah Was it, it new for anybody when we did this study? Was it there anybody who had never thought of God's discipline that way before? Like when you thought of God's discipline, did you automatically yeah. jump to God zipping down his lightning down at you and punishing you for your <laughs> sin? Is that what did anybody? Did this shift anybody's perspective?
0: Yeah, I was thinking more like punishment, like because in the Baptist mm-hmm. church, that's what they tell you sometimes that. Whatever you do, he's gonna pay you back. You, you know. Sorry so. about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's it's you know. a
1: lot of churches do do the kind of, and I'm not saying that God is a just God and sin is punished. But when we are His children, well, He's actually, not out to hurt. He took on our punishment. Exactly, He paid the chastisement of our sins was upon Him. Right, He took that okay. for us. So it's just a different. It's a different, um, it's not something that a lot of churches or people understand is that God's love, that God's discipline, it's not, he's protecting you. He's doing it for you. He's not doing it for him to pay you back for what you did to make him mad.
2: Right. And it's not a result of your, like, I think the way it's been yeah. preached in the past, it's like, you better watch out or you're going to get, it. he's going to get you. Yeah. you. Walk down that path. He's going to get you. Right. Like,
0: like you he's out down just down waiting for path. you to mess up, right? Yeah. Yeah. He'll bring you back, but it's going to hurt like that. It's yeah. just a, a <laughs> giant billboard on I sixty five with a devil and a pitchfork. Yeah. Watch out, or the, the devil's devil gonna will get, get you. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like, well, well,
1: Alabama. Why? My dad, my my dad
0: was a <laughs> Southern Baptist
1: preacher. Sorry, yeah. Dad. It's <laughs> it's a, a hard because when you're raised that way, you know, too. Or when you, let's get back to what we also talked about when you have an earthly parent who treated you that way. It's hard to not see God that way because the way the way your parents treat you will set the tone for how you see
2: your relationship with God yeah Absolutely. your attachment your attachment
1: your early attachment You definitely be scared
2: of God which is not it's not a healthy thing so here. just
1: remember your how you and your husband the attachment you have with your children the relationship you have is teaching them what to think about God when they get older that's a big responsibility yeah it's huge anybody else have any feelings on that Well, let's look at week, let's just review week six for a second. We talk about, I loved this one, the comfort of others and ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: what, is that
1: did, we love? what we did?
2: What?
1: Is that what we did? I think so. In the car? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we may have recorded a podcast in the car and it kept turning off and got really hot. And I'd have to start the yeah. car back. But, yeah. What is it God says, um, God, he says, he comforts us so that what? We can comfort others. Is that what right. it means? So that we can comfort others. So, Our suffering its not just about us, right? And I think we might have been, too, when we talked about a little bit of that, you know, feeling like we start to look when we're going through something, we look really inward, like it's all about me, and I'm going through something, and God's like, no, I'm I'm giving you something for you to give to other people. Mm -hmm. And has anybody had that experience? Or did anybody through this, did that stand out to anybody? Or can anybody share anything that goes along with that something you've been through recently or in the past where you were that you were able to take that and comfort someone else with it
2: today I had a friend that was like God is punishing me I just know from you know what I've done in the past and I was like no he's not and I said he's refining you <laughs> no, that's awesome. and I kind of went through our you know our Bible study so I mean it's over a text message, but
0: you know. That's so awesome. I'm hoping it helped.
1: And you planted that seed, don't worry. You just you just say it and the Holy Spirit does the work. That's how it is. But that's so awesome that you had that do you feel like you would have like before this would I you would have,
2: have not known what to to say to her. Isn't it cool? I mean I probably would have said the wrong thing. No. <laughs> or given the wrong advice,
1: you know. You would just probably have given <laughs> what anybody would say. Right. You know, most people, yeah. when someone says that, you're like, oh, whatever, but you don't really say anything. Or you say,
2: oh, do what you think you should do. Right. Or, yeah, probably.
0: Well, I think I don't jump in now and people, you know, oh, oh, poor, pitiful me. Maybe I'm less um, empathetic or something. <laughs> but I'm, just, I'm not i was never really that empathetic to begin with. <laughs> Let's <laughs> I'll be honest. But now I'm even less. So. <laughs> Uh, I think that that's kind of I feel like the biggest thing that I think about now is just because I know so many people that that's why they won't accept God because they think why would why would a God allow bad things to happen or why would God do these bad things because a lot of people think that he purposefully creates these bad things and don't understand that it's our sin that has created these things so for me it it almost it just gives me
2: a way to articulate to other people why i can believe in a god that allows suffering to happen mm-hmm. yeah that's
1: that's a hard Good one because a, that is a, a very i love that because Gosh. that's a hard thing for people for I would tell you that 90% of Christians cannot articulate an answer yeah. for that. If someone's like, Oh, you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. I oh, really, then then why is all this happening? They're like, Oh, that's a really good question. You should probably come to my church and figure it out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like people don't know why they even, you need to know that. Yeah. We, yeah. and I feel like this study has opened our eyes to that. We need to know why we're suffering, why God allows suffering and also to know to drop that entitlement mentality of thinking, y'all, if Jesus Christ came from heaven, from a king's palace up there to Earth, born into a dirty animal feed thing, why would we think we are any better and exempt from that? Um, and, and the thing is, is if we, knowing what we have coming, it's just like it's that to me, it's just that very American mentality, you know, of I deserve everything, and everything should come to me. And I think it's been really eye-opening for me to realize, wow, I, I don't deserve any of this. You know, and, and to be able to... Don't you, know what I mean? don't you think that comes a little bit from entitlement with people? You know what I mean? Like, where where did we... You go to a third world like country. Like, God owes us something. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, how dare you let me go through anything hard? Go to another country, and look, and there are kids butt naked on the side of the road starving to death with like 80 different parasites and they're the happiest people that go into church on sunday and they're dancing and praising god and lifting their hands and and they're there they're all in and their life is totally worse than ours but they're not sitting there you know thinking why me and i just feel like it's a mentality it's our culture like that it is, is literally
2: what we've we've done since the beginning of time is create things to make people's lives easier mm-hmm, right and like everybody like that's what they that's what they're born into is how do I make life easier, whether they're creating a product whether they're creating a service, whether they're, whatever they do That's on a day-to-day so day basis is like how to make your life easier. And when life isn't easy, like that whole dream is just crushed because but look, the life Bible isn't says, easy.
1: It makes it <laughs> clear. I mean, the
2: Bible says...
1: In this world, you will. you will have many troubles. Do not be surprised by the fiery trials. <laughs> Why are we surprised? It tells us to because not you're be right there. like shocked face every it's like, time. What? Really? <laughs> <right>? I killed. not fell again. There is some stuff though that is more than just like I heard a story last night where someone just had um, two twins and. Two, or twins. two twins just or three. Two, two. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> you think I would not say this? I'm a twin.
0: Um, she a she had.
1: I'm just trying to be delicate, and I know this person. I mean, it's own social media. It's not like I'm. This person had a set of twins, and they got sick and died, both of them, oh within the next four weeks after they were born. They were born in like 35 weeks, and oh and you're like. like she carried you know it just destroyed her body twins trust me mom's had two sets it destroys your body i mean kids destroy our body anyways let's be honest but twins are so hard to carry and you know it's just everything you go through mentally after having a baby and it makes it worth it because you have that baby in your arms and what about when you're dealing with all those hormones and emotions and all stuff and you don't even have your babies like mm-hmm. that's the stuff like last night I, I got i felt real sick about it and i'm like God, I don't have the answer. Like, I can't just say, well, you know, it happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's not helpful. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Like, sometimes it's just like, maybe we're just sit together in each other, sit in, sit with you and your suffering and mm-hmm. not try to say why it happened, not mm-hmm. try to be, have this human control where we try to formulate some reason for why it happened and why he allowed it. We really don't know. You know, we can just sit with each other in our suffering and just know that one day there will be no more, and all of this will be yeah. just a memory that's been blacked out. Right. That's where
0: you have to fall back on the hope. Yeah. It the is. This isn't our
1: final. And that's actually like when we go into week seven. We can just lead right into that. We talk about for the glory. Right? That was awesome. Mm-hmm. We had a fabulous heaven talk. That was we got super excited about it. And it's just talking about if we... If we want to partake in Christ's glory, which all, the inheritance that Christ has is the inheritance that we have and that we are his co-heirs, which, wow, just the thought of that is mind-blowing. But to know that that glory and that inheritance is being his co-heir and being God's child, we, we share in that suffering, right? And partaking in Christ's suffering means that we will partake in that glory, who got excited about the glory? About I don't. Glory. Angela. I was super excited about the glory.
0: Yeah. I got two heaven devotions, so I was <laughs> But um, remember, too, when you said cons- th- consider this a light affliction if compared we about to the talked about A light and
1: momentary affliction. Yeah, I mean, y'all, compared. whatever
0: the worst thing that happens here is not even, doesn't hold a candle to the glory that we're going to, I mean. It's going to be revealed in us, you know, right? Man, it's just, it's
1: going to be... Yeah, and Paul, remember we talked about Paul went through... Oh like, gosh. you think you've had a bad. Yeah. Take the worst, your worst year of your life. And, it, and nothing will compare to what Paul went through. Literally, shipwrecked, beat to death, stoned, starving, naked, cold, thirsty, without a job, without ever. anywhere to live, sleeping on the road, uh, prison. in prison, prison yeah. um, chased by thieves, chased out of, by the Jews, beaten, scourged by the Jews three times. Paul went through everything. And he literally... How many times he's, he's like... He said, this is a light and momentary affliction compared to what's coming. If Paul can say that his life was a light momentary affliction compared to what's coming, to me, all I'm seeing is like, holy moly, what's coming must be so freaking awesome for Paul to say that. And you know, he had the, an encounter with, with God. Jesus, right. Like
0: Paul, so, like... Paul knew can things. I have
1: that encounter? Because <laughs> it would make things so easy. Like... I know he went through a lot, but like, thank God that he got that encounter where it's like, he knew that what he coming. knew that he knew. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like, God gave him that because for a reason. he knew what he would Paul, have to go through. you're going to walk through some really hard stuff and you're going to be killed for me. Mm. But you, he was, God gave him a glimpse. He gave him a taste of it and he knew it. He's like, I don't even care. Remember he's like, I'd rather, I'd rather be, be absent happy. from the body and present with the Lord. I'm, I'm here, here, just for, here for y'all. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I don't want to be here. Like, I, yeah. it's Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's me. I'm like, when are we leaving? Rapture bus, I'll catch you tomorrow. Like, Jesus, 22. Oh. This is our 2/22, year. 222 are like, I know. I was like, looking at the sky. Yeah, on well, well, February 22nd, well. I was like, the rapture's tonight. I don't know the time, but I know the day. T- it's 10 o'clock. We have two more
2: hours. We have no, two more hours. We to take two still I'm like,
1: we're still here. We're still here. Dang it. We're okay. hoping for a 2 2. Tutu rapture, yeah. So, But, y'all, it's worth thinking about. It's worth meditating on and reflecting on that glory that's coming. When we get to see him come from the clouds the way he left, and he comes and we meet him in the air, Mm -hmm. and then we get to go be with Jesus forever and eternity, and all, he says, I go to prepare a place for you, and there is a place for us, and I can guarantee you, I can't guarantee you, but I bet you all your favorite things are there, and you have your favorite view and you're going to be with everyone and we're going to feast together and eat all of these delicious dairy and gluteny Ooh. foods especially crumble cookies <laughs> and, and with zero gut reaction and it's going to be amazing and i can't wait and i think if we can just stay focused on that see the end picture we're going to get through this and we're in this together we're not in this alone we have each other we have the body for our comfort and for encouragement Oh, bird. Thank you, Lord. So that was our week seven, which means our last week was week eight, which was last week. And we did not do a podcast for that. Um, Do I have... What did I do with that week eight sheet? Does anybody have their week eight sheet? (laughs) Like oh, <laughs> you have one? I think you have one. No, I just said it. it. That's there we go. <laughs> What's that? Okay, all of it. my sheets are blank because I Hold can't write up. anymore. So, <laughs> last week, we closed out. We've done all the things that suffering did. And last week, we closed out with how to suffer well. Basically, okay, you know, we've talked a little bit about what it's producing. But just some practical steps we talked about to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. That was Romans 12.12. 12, and we mm-hmm. talked about... Joyful and hope how our joy remember. It's not the same as happiness our joy is in his presence And it's in knowing that we belong to him and to be patient in affliction. We talked about that again Patience is um, an active word. It's when we're enduring something. We're persevering through our affliction Until we come out of it and then faithful in prayer. We talked about um, What it means to be faithful in prayer is constant. It's without ceasing. We pray non-stop and that Jesus is our great high priest. And that he prays for us. And he came to earth as a man to experience everything that we've been through. And there's no emotion or thing we've been through that he cannot relate to. And that he will not intercede for us for on our behalf to the Father. And so kind of in finale to that, I just wanted to, um, in Matthew 26, 39, and 42, it's Jesus when he's in Gethsemane. So, Anybody want to quote? What's Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane? He prays it three times. What does he say? Your will be
0: done. If you take this
1: cup from me. Yes. Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Short, let's put it in just some good English. Please don't make me do this. Please don't make me do this. But if this is how it has to be done, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Right. So, in talking about prayer and being faithful in prayer... This is our model.
0: Does anybody, do y'all pray like that? No, we just say take it away, and then we complain when he doesn't, I think, That's what
1: generally we do. Right. It's hard, right? Because, I mean, we want what we want. I like, used to be scared to pray that way. I'm not, I am not. do a, a lot of times now, and I'm not bragging in any way. It took me a long time to get there. But it used to scare me to to say that because I'm like, oh, if I... If I say your will be done, it's going to be something scary. But now I really do realize that being in his will is the safest place. I it is. Mm-hmm. Being The safest place is in the center of his will. Always. Even if it's the most looks like the most dangerous and the craziest place that doesn't make sense, it's the safest place. Because his will is the sweet spot. Even in the heart, that's the sweet spot. And it's just, um, it's not an easy prayer, but we see that he, the angel, Jesus prayed that, and an angel came and strengthened him. So that he could go do what he came to earth to do and i just think it's um such a great example for us for how we should pray when we are going through a suffer- when we're going through suffering mm-hmm. just to consider i want to get out of this lord but if you want me to stay i submit to that because mm-hmm. i know you're working and i know you're not done and then in first peter i'm trying to see if there was anything else that i should jump on while i'm in here um And really, because I know it's getting past that time, we just talk about humbling ourselves under God's hand. This is what I wanted to touch on. There were some things that Israelites, that Israelites did when they were in the wilderness. Does anybody remember their, why the Israelites wandered in the wilderness the for
0: The grumbling. 40 years? Yeah,
1: the grumbling. The grumbling. The grumbling <laughs> A.K.A. complaining. A.K.A. my specialty. Um, that trip was 11 days. That was an 11-day trip, y'all. 40 years. And the that generation never made it out because they tested God over and over again. Right? They didn't... God didn't... They looked at the path. I mean, he turned...
0: Yeah.
1: He made water out of rocks from a stick thrown into his nasty water, that whatever it was, the mara, and then oh, he made yeah. it sweet. Yeah. He... Literally rained down bread from heaven and gave them a bunch of quails. They, they got they sick complained to their stomach about that. They complained they, about everything, and and to me, I'd have just killed them. I hate to end on a negative <laughs> note with it. I, he did. He kind of Burn them
2: up.
1: <laughs> but he said their fall was that they doubted him. They tested him with their complaining, and they doubted him, and they doubted his faithfulness. And I just think that in. I mean, I hate, like I said, I hate to end on that kind of note with the suffering. But I want to just say that we have to be careful. Right? Mm-hmm. I am a complainer. I'm very good at it. I do it a lot. And I'm really working on that. That's another epiphany I had in this was just God does not want us to complain mm-hmm. because he wants us to trust him. And I don't know about y'all, but I look back and I'm like, you have been faithful to me every... I am 36 years old and I'm here. Am I 36? I'm still here. I'm still breathing, and I'm healthy, and look at my life. Well, he says to give thanks in all things. Even in the bad things, right? And so, complaining, it's like, in a way, testing God. It's like saying, you don't know what you're doing, in a sense. And I just think we have to be, I think it's something, not to be scared of it, but I do think, anybody want to back me up on this, what I'm trying to say?
2: I mean, I think, well, some of the study just with the with complaining because I'm a complainer too I'm really good at complaining or being negative and having an attitude of gratitude Mm -hmm. like instead of focusing on the lack focusing on what we have and um and even seeing that in my kids just being on mother's day and like we catch crabs and We have two beautiful crabs, but Charlotte wants to have nine crabs so we can boil the crabs and eat them. But she's missed out on so many things, searching for more when we have two. And I I could sit there and tell her, like, the Lord, no one else on the beach has two crabs. Like, we're super cool. And the Lord gave us two to enjoy and to show and to share. And you're spending your whole time searching for something that's not there.
0: When when you have something right
2: here and content in that. And that, and in this study has really just, even though it's on suffering, sometimes in the suffering brings us to the beauty of what we have right in front of us. And so, just that attitude of gratitude for what the Lord has given us right now, whatever that is, and changing, again, just changing our mindset and being grateful. Right, because Because we don't
1: want to miss y'all. We've talked about it, in our suffering, makes us weak, which makes him strong, his power shone through us. I don't want to miss what he has for me. Like if I had kept grumbling and complaining about my hand, the way I, the path that I was on, and I had not submitted that to him and just repented of that, I would have never gotten to talk to the people I've talked to about him. I would have never even seen them, because you're so focused inward when you're complaining and you're grumbling. You just you don't see anybody else suffering around you. You, you can't comfort anybody else because you can't
0: even comfort yourself. Well, I think we have to look at it in the day to day too. Like when things don't turn out the way that, you, like, like your. Oh, it's kind of exciting. You're, there, I think this was. I don't know if you sent this. I, I think you did in one of
1: your things, or maybe it was Becca. But I saw this again somewhere else today, completely random. you Yo, talking about doubt. We're trusting him to save us from hell. Yeah. And we can't you trust can't him trust with him here him now. With this little <laughs> stuff. Like I thought. I'm like oh my gosh, like really stop and think about what you're trusting him for. I'm trusting that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven and live in eternal bliss forever drinking wine and eating. But now eating. I can't trust you so, with this here right like now. Like these <laughs> things that actually sound they kind of sound a little crazy when you think about what we're trusting him for, you know? Like it kind of yeah. does sound like a fairy tale. Bizarre. But But we're trusting him for that, but we don't trust him with these little things that are light and momentary afflictions here. And it's, that's just a that's sobering
0: for me. Well, this, the, what I'm reading now, the new John Eldridge book I'm reading, and I it's, should just go on the you road with for him. him. <laughs> <laughs> <No, laughs> she she's she's actually, actually works on the radio every time like, she goes. I, I can't help it. I just told them my life is not right if I'm not Pay reading one like of his books. Pay sponsorship. I, I mean, Bye. I will go on the road with you, John Eldridge, if you're listening. Um, he's got this book (laughs) called walking with god that he's talking to people to to us and the reader about how to hear god's voice and i just was talking to somebody the other day and i was telling him that the lord told me you know not to book a trip for spring break next year and not not only not go to the beach but not to book a trip at all and that I was supposed to go somewhere for the summer, and he just said M, and I didn't know what that was. And the very next day, Rebecca says, do you want to go to this trip in Colorado in the mountains, you know, next summer? And I'm like, duh, yeah, I do. He told me that yesterday. That was but awesome. Anyway, the, what he's saying in that book, I thought this was so cool for people who don't know how to talk to God or say he doesn't talk to me that way, which is what this person said. He didn't talk to me like that. Well, you're not listening. But what John Eldredge said, I thought it was so cool, was he said, you know, just take the little things. You don't start out with, you know, God, should I marry this person? I mean, that's a big event. Like, start out with something small. Like, should I eat, you know, chicken salad for lunch, or should I have so-and-so? It's always
1: yes, just so you know.
0: (laughs) Chicken salad from the health food
1: store? Yes. But anyway, just asking
0: small questions and and seeing where he tugs your heart. I mean...
1: Learning to be receptive to his voice. You know,
0: just be still and quiet and ask him, should I do this or that? And see, not going in with saying, I really want to do this. So, yeah, I think he said that, you know. I think he said the thing I want to do. I mean, not going at it like that, but... I just thought that was a really interesting exercise to be able to and you have to practice you every day and it's fun. You all to hear his voice and hear him tell you mm. what to do and what to eat and whether it's berries or a cheeseburger or whatever. But I mean, you know, and I don't do that every single time, but I mean I think training yourself to hear his voice and it's so amazing. It's exciting. It is.
1: We also we can get everybody home. Sorry, this has been awesome. And I'm. Did anybody have anything else to say about uh, this study before we try to figure out how I add this segment to the other one?
0: <laughs>
1: I just yelled at my husband. Everyone by text. So you yeah. ruined everything, Reed. Thank you.
0: Thorn, you're gonna have to. in the, the flesh. <laughs> I repent. Okay. Anybody yeah, so else? Self-confessed complainer. So good job.
2: I just complained against my husband I do want to add that um like even today I just had something kind of silly going on but it felt so good that I sent I got to send a, a text to you guys to pray for me and to know that I have these women immediately praying for me and my sweet friend Amy who's not here just prayed and I was like thank you so much like know and it was answered right away and she was like i just pray that his will be done and then that was a confirmation i felt like for me that i was doing his will his will yeah and even though it was inconvenienced and i had to do all these things and i thought something that you've told me what does he have in store like i'm not gonna get frustrated about this i'm not gonna i'm just gonna go with the flow and but this group i just think it is a great cloud of witnesses like it's fun it's exciting and it's it's strengthening to know that you have your sisters like I immediately called my husband I'm like no worries because I put my sister warriors on it and they were praying for me and I'm like and I just know that the Lord loves that he loves that we're you know working together for his glory and Mm -hmm. so that was a cool thing for me today so I love you guys I love
1: y'all too y'all this has been fun and we're gonna get back over the summer and do some lighter stuff and well, maybe not lighter, but anyways. Is it John Eldridge? We're going to do some, <laughs> <gonna> do some <laughs> John Eldridge. And we're going to drink a lot of tea. I'm just going to say and eat a lot of chicken salad. Okay. Regardless of what we do, we will still um, fellowship because I want us, us to all stay together over the summer. So for those listening, thank you all so much for listening. And i going to pray us out, Ashley.
0: Yeah. Sure. We're, thank you again for bringing us together. Thank you for this um, Lesson and suffering. Thank you for discipling us, Lord, through this, um, so that we understand the purpose of suffering and how to do it well, Lord, and how to be thankful for it and rejoice in suffering, which sounds impossible but is possible through you, Father. And we just ask that you would um, be with those listening and just be with those here today and um, help us to encourage one another, and help us to hear your voice, Lord, and uh, understand what it is you want us to do, and and, Lord, we just ask that um, we would be patient in our suffering and that we would be um, diligent in our prayers, Lord, um, to just seek your will and to hear your voice, Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus, that suffered immensely um, on the cross for our sins, Lord, and we just are excited about the joy and the hope that we have in you to spend eternity with you, Father, and we just um, ask you to bless us and protect us and strengthen us. In your name we pray.